Welcome to the Prime Life Project Podcast, a place to help you unlock your full potential, both mentally and physically, to become the best version of you. Welcome back to another episode of the Prime Life Project Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel James, and today we are talking fat loss. But before we get into today's episode, as always, if you take any value from this episode, please like and share it with a friend. The reviews really, really help us get the message out there, and I appreciate every single person that does spread the word to help as many people as possible. Now, today I'm talking to Jared. Jared is a 28 year old personal trainer from Indiana, USA, who owns Hamilton Trained and is a self proclaimed donut connoisseur. He's been in the fitness industry for over a decade and he believes in happiness and sustainability is one of the most important things when it comes to fat loss. Now today we cut through all the BS that you have been told when it comes to fat loss. We reveal the real secret when it comes to fat loss and we break it down using analogies to make it simple and manageable. We go into why happiness and sustainability is the most important thing for fat loss and how it actually helps long term and what the keys for success really really are sit back get your notepad and pen and enjoy welcome back to another episode of the prime life project podcast i'm your host daniel james and today i've got a guest from the other side of the pond today i have jared (laughs) hamilton jared how are we i'm well man thank you for having me so much this is this is going to be good Oh, I'm very, very excited. How was everything over your side with the uh, the lockdown? Because we're currently recording this uh, during COVID-19, and I've seen some crazy stuff going on with Trump. <laughs> it's things are nuts. Uh, thing, things are nuts. But like in my neck of the woods, we're I mean, everybody's doing OK, because uh, like I got my coaching clients are a little bit everywhere all over the planet. So like I get a good, an ear for everywhere. Like I got people in the heart of France. I got people in NYC. I got people in Ireland like it's. I feel like everyone's in about in the same spot, but um, obviously it's here. It's not quite like downtown New York, but, uh, but we're hanging in there. So, yeah. So you're uh, currently, you in uh, Indiana at the minute. Is that where you're based at? Yep. I'm in Indiana. Indiana, USA. So the the cool thing about Jared is, uh, again, as I said in the introduction, he's a personal trainer, but he's also a donut connoisseur. And this is something I find absolutely fascinating. So just to sort of paint the picture of how this podcast is going to go. I made it very clear to Jared that the outcome of this podcast is I want to make sure that everyone understands all the BS that gets thrown around the fitness industry. And this is the guy that is, honestly, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm more excited because I know what's to come because I know what you're like. So people have <laughs> never heard of you before. Like they know what's coming. So first question, how on earth do you become a donut connoisseur and what got you into donuts and why donuts? Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't know, dude. I, I like, I just love donuts. It's like, I don't know why. I think we all get our favorite foods just for whatever. I don't know. Uh, I just love donuts. Like, uh, see, I, I find myself being like, uh, I like, I like to call myself a donut connoisseur. Be, and it makes it sound good, but I'm kind of a donut whore. Like, I'll eat any donut, even <laughs> if it's not, even if it's not that good. So, um, even though having a not good tasting donut doesn't exist, that's like that sentence shouldn't form. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. no. No, I just, I love donuts. Uh, I don't know why. It's just my, my absolute favorite food, ironically, because I'm the, like a fitness guy. But no, donuts are my absolute favorite food. So I love the fact that you make it a little more classy. So I'm calling yourself a whore. You're a connoisseur. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I love that. Just to make it a little bit more classy. And also, <laughs> yeah. the fact that, again, it's the fact that, again, you're, this is what I was going to say to people, because yeah, we're in the fitness industry. Yes, we're both personal trainers, but we are human beings at the end of the day. Like, we mm-hmm. are human beings. Like, right now, you've got Pepsi, Pepsi. I've Diet Coke. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, we're real human beings. Like, 
And I yep. think that everything that goes on within the fitness industry, trainers try and put themselves on this unrealistic pedestal and then clients feel absolutely shit when they can't live up yeah. to it. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It, it, <laughs> we're all people, man. Like we're just people with different hats. Like, you know, just cause, just cause, you know, guys like you and me like to choose health and fitness as our profession doesn't mean our taste buds don't work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. And I guess it's unreal. my whole thing is again, you've got the reason why I want to get you on the show because me and you've got very, very similar philosophy on things. Yeah. Like the fact of um, we put the client first, we don't believe in uh, unrealistic, fatty diets. And your main thing is all about happiness and sustainability. And all the research I've done on you, that comes up time and time again. And you're yeah. so congruent with your message. And that's the people like you that want to get on the show because. People are always struggling. And when it comes to uh, fat loss, especially, my sort of speciality is the mindset. Yes. However, you've got to have the adherence and the happiness with it all. So today, actually getting a different perspective of it from, right, let's talk about food and how people can actually enjoy food. Because at the end of the day, food is life. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's, it's, 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 I, it's one of my biggest pet peeves is when people say food is just fuel. Um, it's not like every person I've ever met uses food. Yes. As fuel. And it's like, like, that's kind of like, duh, like, like actually, let me, let me rephrase this saying food is just fuel is like saying your home is just shelter. Yep. You, yeah. But like in, in the world of like your house, your house is strictly more than a roof that protects you from the weather. Your house mm -hmm. is a home. It's where you, it's your safe place. It's where you raise your kids. It's where you raise a family. It's where you, um, you, you feel safe at physically, mentally, spiritually. It's, 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 it's a difference between a house being a building that protects you from the elements versus being a home. And that's mm -hmm. how food is like food is not just fuel. Like obviously duh, it's fuel, but it's so much more than fuel. It's, um, it's how we fellowship. It's how we celebrate. It's how we mourn. It's how we have experiences. It's how we, um, spend time with others. It's, it's how we gift and bless people. It's, uh, it's, you know, God gave us taste buds for a reason. Like yeah, food is so yeah. much more than just, than just, Oh, it's only fuel for my body, like gasoline for a car. Like that's fucking stupid. Come on. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, 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 cause I, like I said, jokes. I used to live in America. Every time I converse with someone that's American, it just completely throws me back. So when I was listening to that, I just found myself to pick my accent. I was like, no, no, right, Daniel, be professional, be professional. Like, we're doing this now, we're doing it. Uh, no, be completely right. And this, uh, this is also for my audience. I forgot to mention in the intro, you are the analogy king. Like, my God, like, I, I, I love an analogy, but my God, you are on another level of analogies. And like uh, all the stuff I've done, like the research, like listening to you and stuff like that. My God, Matt, you are like just an analogy machine. I but, appreciate that. And, <laughs> I love that. and this thing, that's why I always try and use uh, analogies for stuff. So my analogy when it comes to uh, fat loss is it's like you're in Jumanji. So I don't know if you've seen the, the new Jumanji, the, the second one. Yep. But you only got that, or, like, or Indiana Jones, where basically you're on one side, you've got the massive fucking drop of death, and you've got them uh, like broke bridges. So what I say to people when it comes to fat loss is you've got them big pillars of wood. So those pillars of wood are basically the fundamental principles that make up your bridge to get to the promised land on the other side. So on there, you've got nutrition, cardio, weight training, uh, calorie deficit, family support, supplements, all that sort of stuff. But people think that's it. But all you've then got is planks of wood. Planks of wood can't mm -hmm. float. So then there, you've got to put the ropes around the planks of wood. The ropes are your adherence. But then all you've got yeah. is bits of rope, bits of wood. It's the mentality that you then have that hold it all together. So then mm -hmm. that's the whole thing. This is where people get it all wrong. They can have the finest planks of wood, the most expensive planks of wood ever, <laughs> finely polished, gold chrome. But if they haven't got <laughs> the other shit, it's pointless. They're not going to get across to the side. Right. 
Yeah, no, absolutely, man. If Because at the end of the day, like adherence and happiness literally should be your foundation. I mean, just like you said, be, because I mean, think about it. If, if what you're doing is not sustainable for the next, I don't know, 30 years and doesn't make you happy while you're doing it, you're literally a ticking time bomb to quit, which is, mm. you know, it's like imagine imagine one of my favorite examples is imagine if I gave you uh, a treasure map to to like I say, hey, here is here's the treasure map to a trillion dollars. Go get it. But let's say the, the, the treasure is buried at the bottom of the ocean and uh, nothing in, in a shark fest where like, it's pretty impossible. You're going to do it without getting eaten alive. Like yeah. at that point, if, if you, if it's too much for you and you're like, yeah, it's not worth it. It's not worth going to the depths of the ocean and getting eaten by sharks to maybe get a trillion dollars. Uh, it's, it's worthless, right? You could have the best plan ever, but if you know, you're not going to do it, it's fucking worthless. Same thing if, if what you're doing, if for, for example, if, if you know you couldn't do keto forever, you have no business doing keto. If you know y- you couldn't do like you, people hop on the third, like 30 day, stupid fucking 30 day challenges of 30 days of deprivation where they're like, I'm going to quit anything, everything. I'm going to quit, get rid of my favorite foods, get rid of carbs, get rid of sugar, get rid of processed foods. Y- you know, you can't maintain it. So like, there's no point. It's just a waste of time at that point. I'm so glad you said keto because Jeremy talked about the shark. In fact, my next thing was like ketogenic diet. I literally had a message before we came on here. Someone sent to me, a good friend of mine. Uh, basically, I said, right, I'm thinking of doing the keto diet. What are your thoughts? And I was thinking, well, why are you doing it for a start? And then I turned my, my, my second question, when I, found, like, I was asking why, my second point was, are you never going to eat a carb again for the rest of your life? Are you going to constantly be fearful of eating carbs? Because again, you can still eat carbs on the keto diet. But my whole point is, is that how you want to live your life? And if the answer is no, then why would you even go down that route? What's the point? Like you can get fat loss without restricting things. You can have your pastas, you can have your bread. And I, I make it a very clear point to all my clients when they start with me. Like I think this is where me and you slightly differ, I would say. I always start off with a slightly more strict approach to basically just give clients like four weeks of just like, right, I'm not going strict, strict. They can still have the bread and pasta and all that sort of stuff. But mm-hmm. let's just get you into a bit of a routine. And once you go into that routine, you're into the swing of things, then we can start adding in these things. Because my thing is that I, I think it's what we, again, I'm, I might be completely wrong, but from what I've, I've heard, I, do you tend to go off the bat straight away and say to people, right, you can still have a donut a day? Or how, what's, your, what's your general approach with your clients? And what is your general demographic of clients? Great question. Great question. So here's the thing. <clears throat> the way that I coach, um, and this might be where there may be a little bit of a disconnect, everything for me is contextual. Everything is contextual. It depends on who I'm talking to, the person I'm in front of, and what's going on. For some people, they thrive with structure. The more structure, the better. I have I have people that I coach that literally the more numbers I can throw at them, the better. Every macro, every calorie. Every um, coach has one of them. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like your your stereotypical type A personality who like it's like your your numbers person. Um, I have people like that who the more structure, the better. But then I have people that's their polar opposite, where it's uh the, the concept of counting a calorie throws them into uh, an, a panic attack. So mm-hmm. everything for me is predicated on who's in front of me. It's not that I'm like against more structure out the gate. I'm not, I'm not for more flexibility out the gate. It's what is needed in this exact scenario in front of me now, mm-hmm. because here's the thing. My, my thing is, uh, and it's to answer your other question, as far as my demographic, most of the people I work with are uh, middle-aged, your general population, if you will, like your middle-aged female, like your average mm-hmm. soccer mom who just wants to lose yeah. 30 pounds. That's, that's my stereotypical demographic. Um, I still have a little bit all over the place. I have some athletes, I have some elder elderly people. I have some, um, 20 year old studs, like a, a little bit of everything, but my primary demographic is, uh, just general average, you know, Mrs. Jones who wants to lose 30 pounds. Mm-hmm. But most people though, when I work with someone, most people that I work with come from a place of 
ultra rigid, rigid, uh, rigidness, way too much structure, way too deprivation, too much deprivation, way too strict. So I'm careful because of that's their background coming in the the pot with more strictness and more rigidness because from the get go, I like to, to teach again, if what we're doing is not sustainable, it's worthless. So for a lot of people naturally want to just like one of my girls that just got enrolled in my coaching program, she wants to start out the gate with like, I'm talking everything. And I have to remind her like, Hey, listen, that's what we did before. In the last seven times we've done, you've done that. Uh, it hasn't worked out so great. So if we want a different result, we have to do things in a different fashion. So, Mm -hmm. but, but, but it's all predicated on who's in front of me because everything is contextual and, um, everything is contextual. So that's why it, generally speaking, I, I agree hundred percent with you that we need to establish a routine and standards, standards and routine govern our lives. So yeah. for some people that is, uh, for example, I have some people, their standard in routine is di- dialing in calories, dialing in protein and getting their strength workouts in boom, easy. But then I have like, for example, I had a, an, another girl that got enrolled in my coaching program that has had such a horrid experience for the last 10 years her fat loss program, her only two objectives in her fat loss program is to get up, drink a glass of water and mm-hmm. do a gratitude journal. And her day is completed now because yep. that's how bad of a place she's come from where, mm-hmm. uh, like we started her with, I just wanted to see her food journaling for about a week. So I get an idea where she's at and start with some basic home workouts. Um, and she had a panic attack because her place she was coming from was so bad. Um, so we have to step back for, so for her, her first week of her program now was glass of water, a gratitude journal, boom, her literally, she won her day. That's, and so everything is predicated on who's in front of me, but I think you're right though. Every, we all need to establish some sort of routine and standard. Honestly, I absolutely love that. And this is exactly what I want to have you on the show because that I, I literally could not have summed it up better. You literally, <laughs> I, I don't like that. But, 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 but nowadays, again, with an online, online coaching community, you literally see people just giving people cookie cutter programs. And as you said, you've got Jane and Dave that, you know, like they're the yo-yo diet of their entire life. You need to just see them on where they're at. And if someone's been smashing 5,000 calories day in, day out for years, no matter what formula you type them into, their baseline, if they've been on 5,000 calories, you can drop them to 4,000 calories and they're going to fucking drop body fat. Like, there's no way yeah. about it. So you don't have to drop them down to 1,200 because first of all, right. who the fuck wants to 1,200 calories anyway? <laughs> no one, psychopaths. <laughs> yes. And you're saying to people, like, right, you've got to train five days a week and you've got to eat all these meals, you've got to eat six meals. And you think to yourself, fucking hell, like, I don't even eat six meals. Like I, me, it's, it's like so people, I, it really frustrates me. And that's why I wanted to have you on here to almost show that from the other side, like in, over in America, like it's, it's not just, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a nutter. Like other people in the world are still doing the same thing, right. sort of the same views and principles. And I love what you said. And I know exactly where you got it from. Mr. Fritzella, win the day. I say to people all yes. the time, win the day. Don't worry about, you've got this massive goal. Maybe you want to lose 50 pounds, whatever it is. Like we sometimes work in stone over here, like 50 pounds. Awesome. But right, just wake up today and do what you've got to do today. Win that day. If you win the day, you win the week. Win the week, win the month, win the month, win the year. And so many people nowadays with the, you've got your Tinder culture. Do you have Tinder in America? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 In my head I thought, do you even have Tinder? Yeah. So that, that Tinder culture where you want things instantly, like you want to be able to swipe and get a match or whatever it is, it's instant now, 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 now. And yeah. I love the analogy that you use of the gestation period. Do you want to talk to me about oh, that? I, I would love to. Um, I will say, so uh, 
What's funny is when I started using <laughs> using analogies, people would make fun of me. They're like, Jared, you give the dumbest fucking analogies. I pride myself on my no. analogies. But, he, but here's the awesome thing. because it means it means you can it means you understand the content. For me, sure. if you can give an analogy, it means you understand it. It means yes. you understand it in such a detail. You can make it that basic and quote unquote dumb that people get it because people don't get it. So yeah. I, 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 listen, I, I throw an analogy out there all the time. So that's why I've been doing my research on you. And I was like, this guy is absolute gold. And before I put you on the show, uh, I, I used your uh, Instagram, one of your fucking Instagram uh, videos where you pretend to be a female and have a conversation yes. with yourself. <laughs> I screenshot it and I sent it to a few people. Jared. And I was like, oh, I sent it to so many people. I was like, this is the guy I've got on my podcast. So honestly, like this thing, people think it, people say it's stupid, but especially if it's other fitness professionals, in my head, it's like, yeah. it may be stupid because you're just jealous that you don't have the capacity to, you just want to throw big words out with people and make yourself sound important. I've got no problem making myself sound simple by breaking it down on that level because then people get it. If people get it, they're going to stick to it more. Mm-hmm. Well, here and here's the thing along those lines. It's easy. And I don't get me wrong, early stages of co- coaching, I used to be that coach asshole um to the where I'm like, oh no, we're gonna we're we're gonna we're gonna retract our retract our scapula and depress it and then con- contract our rhomboids, our teres major minor, and your latissimus dorsi. Cause I'm like, I have to sound smart. No we one ever a poliquin. Do you have any poliquin stuff? Charles Poliquin. Oh, Charles, rest his soul. He, he's a, he's, I, I love Charles. Charles has some, yeah. is a badass. He's a, he's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that was the stuff that I used to do. I was very much into the Poliquin, biosignature kind of stuff. But again, it makes you yep. that sort of, it makes you that, that guy that's trying to be, yeah. it almost gives you that, uh, makes you uh, oh, superior complex where you, you think you're better yeah. than you are almost. And again, that's, mm-hmm. that's sort of had to move away from that. Well, and, and along those lines though, kind of getting into the, like why I use so many analogies is this, um, a lot of times when we're trying to sound, and this is an intention thing. Everything is about it for me is intention. Um, mm. And it, it, your execution changes astronomically when you come from a place of pure intention. But here's the thing though, when you're trying to sound smarter than you are or trying to impress a bunch of people, you have inward focus. Your intention is on me, 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 Jared. That's why I would be trying to use, you know, why, oh, I'm trying to sound smarter. I'm trying to do, to use anatomical terms and sound like a physiological uh, perfectionist to just impress other coaches who I don't give a shit about versus as a coach, our intention needs to be on the client in front of us who doesn't give two shits about what the technical name for your lats are or what your shin bone is technically called. (laughs) Because the thing is, it's about what you're actually focusing on as your intention. If my, if I'm trying to sound like a super genius, it's because I'm worried about myself and not my, not the person in front of me, which is wrong. My focus Mm -hmm is anything but me and should be on who is in front of me, which usually means simplifying, making certainty extremely high and making sure they're loved for and held accountable and motivated. So a lot of that comes from the place of intention as a good coach, what a good coach should do. Um, It's like when people get all weird and nervous and all this crazy stuff, it's because their focus is inward and not outward to the person in Mm -hmm. front of them. But that's why I love analogies is uh, because uh, the one superpower I say with pride that I have is, uh, is I can, my one superpowers, I can make anything so simple that a seven-year-old can understand it because, um, mm. I came from a place in, in, and to give you a little bit more perspective, uh, and for your listeners, I came from a place of very, of really struggling with my education. I was an undereducated homeschooled kid that was overparented who, uh, like I'm telling you, it, my education was terrible. Like, um, as in, I love my parents to death, but I missed a lot. And so I probably deep down have an actual learning disability, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but that never been diagnosed. So for me, I always had to make things simple. And I hated the feeling of being overwhelmed with information that so much that execution wasn't even a possibility. So when it comes to this crate, especially in the current stage of fitness and fat loss, there's so much bullshit. There's so much blatantly wrong information and there's so much junk cluttering the space where we need simplification. If that's a word we need, see, see, that's what I'm telling you. I'm not that smart. Like simplification. I don't even think is a word, but But people know what it means. People yes, know what right? it means. <laughs> <laughs> we need everything simplified because here's the thing. Complexity is the enemy of execution. If it's something that's so hard to digest and swallow, you, of course you're not going to execute. It's it's because you're certain you lack certainty. You know, it's that's why when it comes to my favorite analogy ever around fat loss is comparing it to pregnancy. My uh as in this, we all know with pregnancy there's a gestation period from the moment, you know, mommy daddy make the baby and conceive to that little bastard coming out and saying hello to the doctor is going to be about nine months. So my mm-hmm. question is, if I came out with a pro, or I'm sorry, if a doctor came out with a shot that said, look, Mrs. Jones, I can shoot your fetus. I can give you this treatment that's going to make your nine month pregnancy happen in three months. Would you, would, would any of us take it? Everyone is probably shaking their head. No. Mm. And then my, my question is why? Why are you shaking your head? Why would you not do that? If a, if a doctor, credible person, education, background, all that stuff says, I can make a nine month pregnancy happen in three months. Why wouldn't we do it? And it's because we know, we absolutely know we cannot separate the time. We cannot separate nine months from pregnancy because if you did, that baby would have like a thumb growing out its forehead and it would fuck it all up <laughs> because we know that we cannot separate those nine months in pregnancy go hand in hand. And if, if a lady said, no, I need my baby out in like three months because I have vacation and I want this fucker out the doctor go, sorry, we, we can't make that happen because that's mm. just the system. But when it comes to fat loss and we go, and we're like, not. let's say someone's like, oh no, you can get 30 pounds in 30 days. And it's like, take my money now. Whereas yeah. it's no different. We And it's, it's zero different at, at all. Because in the same way, we wouldn't expect um, anything with the pregnancy happen. We know there's that gestation period that cannot be touched. You cannot get around it without complications and problems. Fat loss is no different. Because even along the same lines to make that pregnancy um, analogy go even further. How many times with your clients do you... Um, do you get people that are like, it's been a month and I haven't seen progress. It's been 14, it's been uh, 14 weeks and I haven't seen any results. It's three months and I should be shredded by now. Right. That mm. happens for you. Mm. Right. It's, do people say that? that? Well, people try, but I'm very, mm. I, again, I'm very blunt in the consultation to be like, Good. right. I have to, you have to sort of uh, set the standards because again, yes. if you don't, then the client takes over and it's yeah. like the reason why you're hiring me is because you have not been successful. Yes. Let me show you how. Yep. And I'm very, very clear. It's like, right, you right. need to trust me straight away. Yep. Like this, you've got to trust me. Like I say to clients, my job is only to come in, get your results, and you leave, but you bring two of your friends. My yep. job is not to lie to you, not to take your money, right. and then you leave going, that guy's a fucking bell end. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. He's, he's <laughs> yeah. So my thing's like, you've got to trust me from a business point of view. Yes. It's not my best mm-hmm. interest to lie to you and not get you the results. Right. Yeah. I want you I want to see you in a year's time. If I get hit by a bus, I want you to be okay. I want you to understand yeah. what we're doing and I want you to be able to carry on. And like, okay, yeah, I get you now. Mm-hmm. But this is then a, a yeah. reframing it from rather than it being about me and money mm-hmm. and fear mongering, I need to keep you for longer for the money. No, no, no. Let's get you in, let's get you the results, and let's keep you here because you enjoy it, not because you need yeah. me. Right. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And that, and that's the thing is along those lines, if, uh, cause I, I like to use that pregnancy example a lot all the time, because what happens, what happens if, a, if someone's, if whining and being upset and complaining that they're like, it's been three months and I haven't seen that much progress. And I'm like, you three months, you're not even showing if you're pregnant in three months, that baby's like this big, mm-hmm. but guess what? Nine months later, that little bastard comes out and says, what's up doc? Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that's, and that's just, and that's the game. It's literally, we can't rush the gestation period. And we, and especially with fitness and fat loss, we collect, so to speak on the tail end, we put all this effort, energy and, and, uh, consistency up front and we collect on it later. Most people ha- are weighing in their heads. This like I'm putting in this much work. Ooh, I'm only showing this much. I'm putting in this much work. Ah, is it worth it with the results versus you need to decide from the very beginning, I'm willing to, to put in nine months worth of effort with nothing to show for it. And it's okay. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It's like that, it's that compound effect. People, again, mm-hmm. people want it straight away. Like it's the compounding effect. You've got to lay the foundation. Are you building your fat loss journey? What's that story from the Bible? Uh, the only reason I know about this is because I did a, uh, a talk on it the other day about habits and rituals, uh, about mm-hmm. the guy that built his house on sand. Like yeah. the foundations were so shit. As soon as the storm came, it went away. But you yes. want to have your foundations on the rock. So when that storm comes, yep. you're good. You're okay because life's mm-hmm. going to happen. And I think people, again, a lot of coaches, they don't talk about openly about the habits and the things that need to go into the foundation to build yeah. that house. And clients mm-hmm. don't necessarily understand it. And again, you've got to have that awkward conversation because it is awkward because people will come to you and expect sure. you or see stuff on social media or on Instagram. Even with me, like I'll post transformations that are in 12 weeks. Again, it's one of those things where potentially I'm um, – uh, what's the word adding to the problem but I make it very clear in the captions that sometimes people don't read it's like I had one I literally had a lady the other yeah. day I posted a picture of a girl that did an eight-week transformation she was amazing but she then said this is unrealistic like your page is like adding to the problem and I had to basically drop a message saying listen if you actually read the, the caption what I was saying was I wasn't saying you could get this in eight weeks what I was saying was where can you be in eight weeks time what foundations could you lay? Yeah. The girl in that picture already had a very, very good base. Sure. And she'd been training for years. She was just training mm-hmm. like an absolute pussy and her food was shit. So all I did was gave her some consistency, made her train hard and her body just like and that boom. responded. And yeah. Exactly. So I was like, everything's individualized. But I said, unfortunately, yep. with the business that we're in, we have to sort of showcase that we can get people there if they need to, but people don't read the captions. I know, I know yeah. this is a completely different topic, but people don't read the captions. No, like people just see these pictures. They see it's eight weeks. And like, why don't I look like that? Well, first of all, you've got 50 pounds to lose. Like she doesn't yeah. have 50 pounds to lose. You've never trained before. You've got such a bad problem emotionally with food. You're yo-yo dieting. Your head's all over the shop. Like, let's just chill. Let's just dust you down. And let's just actually get you there yeah. long-term so you can keep it off. Sure. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. Context is everything, man. Context is... Uh, literally absolutely everything. It's another analogy that I like to use in the world of context is if someone bangs on your door at 3am in the middle of the night, you're like, Oh shit, something's, uh, something's wrong. And then, uh, but then if you find out you go to your front door, um, if you go to the front door and it, they're like, no, your, your back shed is on fire. You're go, Oh shit. Thank you. That one piece of context changed the game for you. Mm-hmm. It's again, it's this whole, this whole intention, like a knife, yeah. like a knife can be used to kill someone or it can be used to save someone's life in surgery. So again, it's yeah. like, what are you using this tool for? And the yep. thing that I, I, I like to hear you talk about as well is, and again, I, I know you're going to go off. I'm going to tell you this when people, and this is, this is, you use the, your, uh, your funny Instagram TV stuff to do this with your, uh, Karen voice. When people listen to their friends, coworkers, colleagues that have never got fat loss results 
have no idea what they're talking about. And then you used your amazing analogy of the hospital. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, So I can't take credit for this, this analogy. Um, oh, person- come on. You've ruined it. So, no, uh, oh, so I, I did not come... I- I did not come up with so I so I got to give credit where it's due. Um, there is a uh, a gentleman that I look up to a lot. His name is Joe Bennett. Um, you probably know he's considered the hypertrophy yes, coach. Yes, um, Joe used this analogy. Uh, I'm a mem- I'm on his member site, and he uh, amazing amazing coach, and I've ch- has changed my life. And has has no idea who I am. Coach it. Yeah, he won't talk. Yeah, um, I'm I'm gonna I'm literally gonna see about try. I'm gonna tr- I'm trying to get him on my podcast for completely selfish reasons. Like I just want to talk to the guy. So listen, uh, listen, this is uh, no, this is what I'm doing with you. I've wanted to talk to you for so long. This is what I'm doing right now. I, like, I want to talk to Jared. He's funny as fuck. I need him on my podcast. So that's what I'm doing now. Like completely selfish. But again, on a side note, I love how you said that as well. I, I talk about this all the time about online mentors. So when we talk about Andy Fritzella, Ed Milet, so that sort of stuff, those guys have, they, they, and I'm not saying this as a joke, they have saved my life on levels they will never understand. Obviously, you're part of the Arte Syndicate, so you probably have a bit more interaction. They have no idea that I exist. Like they have no idea, but they have literally single-handedly saved my life. So then my thing with this is like, People, when they don't know, people don't know who they're inspiring. So if someone can yeah. just commit to nine months for this fat loss journey, they will have no idea who they can actually help because people are always yeah. watching. People, they're not going to comment. They're not going to say anything, but they'll be watching from the sidelines. And mm-hmm. when they see you do it, you could be that beacon of hope to actually potentially save someone's life. Yeah. No, absolutely, man. No, you, I think you are 100% right. Um, oh, someone's always watching. Like I, it's, it's absolutely crazy. I had one of my girls who, uh, that I coach who is struggling right now. She's, uh, she's having a harder time. Just life is kicking her in the teeth and she's still putting her head down and trying to get to work. Um, and she's got, and she's got a long journey ahead. She's got a couple hundred pounds she could lose. Um, but she's getting to work and making zero excuses and owning everything. And she's was getting down. And then uh, I sent her some screen, but I've shared her a couple of times on my Instagram story. Um, and I had people reach out to me and say, Hey, she's so inspiring. I look at her page every day. I just, I, I, she keeps me going. And so I screenshot that and sent them to her. And she goes, I had no idea. Like I literally thought Mm. I was just, this was just about like she, and she's not a coach. She's not a trainer. She's literally just trying to get her shit together because she knows she's got a a higher level of potential. And she's Mm. like, and so, but, but it's always good to, to feel, to know people you're, you're inspiring others. And I sent her the screen screenshot and sent it to her. And I'm like, Hey, just want to let you know, people are watching. And she's like, I had no fucking idea. And she has a whole nother fire in her because of that. You know what I mean? Mm. But how powerful is that? Like for her, like, and then that's the thing, like everyone is struggling. Everyone. Forget this COVID-19. Yeah, Everyone in life is going through in their own battles. Everyone. Don't care who the fuck you are. Don't care if you're a millionaire because the millionaires are trying to be billionaires and the billionaires are trying to hold on to their billions. Everyone is struggling on some way, shape or form. So if you're seeing someone that you can see is massively overweight because yeah, she's got 100 pounds to lose. She's clearly a big girl. But you're seeing someone that you know struggling, but she's pulled her trousers up and she's butting her yeah. fucking ass. People are going to be like, yeah. fuck, like, what, what's my excuse now? And it's almost like she's calling yeah. people out. She's calling people yeah. out on it. And I think that's incredible. Yeah, it's fucking awesome, man. It's absolutely crazy. Um, that now I know we kind of got off tangent a little bit. That that, no, that oh, analogy. Listen, I, I knew this I, was going to happen. I knew this was going to happen. So, it's yeah, good. It's the best. Dude, Sorry. Dude, yeah. dude, this is this is how I do my podcast. Where like yeah. I have kind of like some questions and an idea of what I want to talk about, but I believe there's there's other shit going on that's bigger than yes. us, and I believe that what comes out comes out. And mm-hmm. if uh, like shoot, I had I've had I can't tell you how many podcasts I've had with with different guests that I had like let's say seven. I always have more questions ready than I can talk about. Uh, just specific topics I would like to discuss. But from like the first one, like 
went off on a tangent and an hour later i'm like dude i don't even need the rest of these like this is this, I, I, this literally and i think I, that's I, where i'm not asking you a single question i'm not asking you a single question on my sheet i'm all <laughs> sent it over to you i'm all sent it over to you because i just like i don't want jared to think that i'm not prepared so jared here's this oh, so no, you can sort dude. of see that i'm actually not talking about <laughs> in my head i'm like we are not going to be using this because i know how you are i've seen you oh, yeah. and i'm like on instagram I'm like this guy, I don't even need to have some sort of script because I know where we're going with this. I know we're going to start talking. Some crazy analogies are going to come out. We're going to start laughing. We're going yeah. to have a great time. And oh, it's yeah. going to be an hour into it. And we're going to like, shit, I'm going to have to wrap this up. Hospital no, analogy. No, that's hospital how... analogy. Hospital yeah. analogy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the, the hospital analogy he's talking about is um, is basically like when you can think when you see, you know, Karen lost 30 pounds in 30 days on keto. So you're like, maybe I should do that. But then you see your friend Bob uh, started doing cardio in the mornings before work. So you're like, maybe I should do that. And all this stuff, you're looking at everyone's life and then you feel pressured that you should do what they do. Here's the thing, what people are doing, what all your friends are doing, I don't care the success they've seen is none of your fucking business. Like quote me on that. And what, what, what your friends are doing is none of your, is none of your business because um, imagine this. And this is the analogy Joe uses. Joe Bennett uses that, that just smacked me in the face is, um, is, Imagine if you went to a hospital and the doctor predicate or based your treatment predicated on what everyone else is getting. So like you're, you go in with a, let's say with, um, a big gash in your arm because you cut your arm and you just need some stitches. That's just your treatment. You need stitches, but you're like, man. And you look in room number one, it's like, Ooh, that lady's getting chemo. Maybe I should get chemo. Then you're like, well, they got a cast on their arm. Maybe I should get a cast on my arm. Ooh, that room has, they're getting a cast on their foot. Maybe I should get a cast on my foot. Ooh, well, that person is uh, is getting their pancreas, or I'm sorry, like they have their pancreas operated on. Maybe I should get my pancreas operated on. But when in reality, that stuff's irrelevant because you have your own issue. And that's how you should treat all of this stuff is what your friends are doing is irrelevant. None of your business. Another analogy along these lines that I did come up with that I like is imagine if, Imagine if all of your neighbors buy, have motorcycles, you know, motorcycles, and they're all motorcycle enthusiasts. Like every one of your neighbors that around your house has a motorcycle. And then you feel pressured. You're like, oh shit, maybe I should get a motorcycle. Even <laughs> though I don't know how to drive one, I've got seven kids and my husband is in a wheelchair, but I feel yeah. like I should get a motorcycle because all my friends have motorcycles, even though they're all single and want have, and they have no kids and want motorcycles. It's mm -hmm. because everything is predicated on your life, your situation and your pure joy and happiness. So if it doesn't matter what everyone else is doing, again, it's none of your fucking business. Mm. I feel like that, 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 that's why we're talking about, I, I was so, we've got to talk about this hospital analogy because so how many times have people come in? Like, and again, like I said to you earlier on, someone just said to me, oh, what about the ketogenic diet? And it's, I, I had a uh, guy on my podcast, a great guy, a guy called Juggy, Juggy Sidhu. Uh, he's called the Indian body coach. So we were talking about when people go into becoming uh, vegetarians. And it's a case of, like, what do you want to be vegetarian for? Like, what's your reason behind yeah. becoming vegetarian? And most people will say, I want to be healthier. And he's like, yeah, but healthier than what? Like, if you're smashing McDonald's, Pizza Hut, Burger King, KFC every single day, like, just tidying that up, you can be healthier and get the fat loss you want. But some people yeah. associating the vegetarianism with actually being healthier. And the yeah. point in that whole podcast was actually, you've got to be careful about going vegetarian because you may become deficient in certain things. But well, it's, that's and, exactly and what Right, right. Well, and I want to touch on that really quick. Even with that, though, like in just and that's the thing. That's why I like to talk about that. There's no one with the whole no inherently healthy food, because I've coached a lot of overweight vegetarians because mm. most people take the same bad habit to every diet. This is why when people Absolutely. are like, 
instead of changing the habit, which is the root of the problem, let's say, let's say just changing bad habits and at, at the base of them, where they come from is the problem. Well, change that. Don't change a symptom. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, a mm-hmm. lot of people have the, the, like, imagine this, here's another analogy for you. We all have that friend who goes through boyfriend, girlfriend, like crazy. And we know they're the problem though. It's like, no, I'm going to date Sarah. Oh my gosh, dude, uh, Daniel, Sarah's the one. She's the one for me. I think I'm going to marry her. And then I'm broke up with her the next week. I'm like, yeah, she was a bitch, but I got this girl, (laughs) Beth. Beth is it now. She's the one for me. I love Beth. And you know, it's just like, he's going to fuck this one up too. And I'm like, yeah, Beth was a bitch too, man. I'm telling you, uh, Giselle is the girl for me. I found her. She's brand new. I love it. She's everything about her is amazing. And then you start to see that pattern. And the issue is I took my, my same bad habit of whatever it was, let's say lack of communication to being selfish. I just took mm-hmm. the same bad habit to every girl. And then that was the problem. It's not the girl that was the problem. It's the same bad habit to all the girls. It's the same. That's why with this, most people say take the same bad habit of overeating and not addressing their emotions and headspace to every diet. So they're like, you know what? I, it's my food's the problem. I'm going to eat a vegetarian diet. Then they eat vegetarian food like assholes because just calories. Mm-hmm. They're just like eating it because they emotionally eat with vegetarian food and just overeat as a whole. And they're like, huh, maybe keto is the way. Then they go to the keto diet and they eat keto food like a fucking asshole because they never fix the, fix the problem. And then they're like, mm-hmm. huh, well, keto's stupid. Maybe I should go to fasting. And then they overeat food in their fasting window and they never address the bad habit of overeating. Mm-hmm. And they just took the bad habit to every diet. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the key thing. I don't, I don't think I've ever spoke about this on a podcast before, but Here's the thing, guys. When it comes to fat loss, the key to fat loss, no matter what diet it is, no matter what you're being sold, no matter what trainer in the entire world ever tells you, the key to fat loss is being in a calorie deficit. Okay, it's that simple. If anyone tries to sugarcoat it, say in any other way, calorie deficit. Now, there may be other things underlying. Now, I'm not saying that it's always, but if you have not tried being in a calorie deficit, as Jared said, for six to nine months consistently, then there's no, it's not your genetics. It's, you're not big boned. You're just Slow not metabolism. in a calorie deficit. Slow, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you're, you're just not in a calorie deficit. So again, there's one thing where how many times, Jared, do you have people come into you and they, their whole mind, their, their, their view on fat loss is completely warped. Completely well, because course, again, yeah. the fitness oh, industry is fucked. The fitness industry is fucked. Like people that aren't even fitness professionals are posting diets, workout, whatever it is. That's another whole another rant. But fundamentally, it's being in a calorie deficit. Where do you think all this other shit has come from? You can't sell it. Think about mm-hmm. it. Like you literally can't sell it. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, technically, like part of you, you're in my coaching business is like we educate people on what the tactics and day to day they should do. But like you can't sell it. I can't put, make a bottle of a calorie deficit and sell it. I can make a bottle of fucking fat burner pills and sell it, or I can, you know, can't sell a bunch of other stuff. That's, I think that's half the reason. Number two is I think people think it's more complicated. Again, my one power, true superpower is simplifying. And it's the thing is it's, it's a lot of people think it's more complicated. They want it to be more complicated. They, Mm. they think it's, it's this crazy astronomical thing. But again, I get people every fucking day, whether it be clients or DMs or emails, and they say, Jared, I think my metabolism is slow. How do I boost it? And I go, How many months have you ever have you ever just tracked your calories? Oh no, fat loss is much more than that. I'm like, but wait, hang on, hang on. You, you you're not auditing how much you're taking in, just like you would audit your income if you're if you're mm-hmm. if you're in debt, right? It's it's the exact same thing. 
is mm-hmm. most people overestimate simply how much they eat and underestimate how little they move. So flip those, eat less, move more. I mean, think about it. Why is it, why, why is obesity such on the rise? It's because kids and people are eating more and moving less than ever. It's simple. It's, it's like people, but, but again, assholes who don't understand come out of the woodwork and they're like, Oh no, uh, it's so much more than that. I'm like, no, like then, but, but every person who tells me it's more than that, that's struggling. They're struggling. Number one. Mm-hmm. And number yes. two, is they, they, they're, they, it's like, they've not ever done something for more than two weeks. Most. So if someone's listening right now and they're like, no, Jared, I eat in calorie, calorie deficit. I would want to know how many months, months they've been consistent with not falling off or not, you know, or they don't have a weekly binge day and they want to sugarcoat it as I was a gonna cheat say day. That. Oh, oh, but cheat meal. Yeah. Cheat, cheat, yeah. cheat day. You know, it's not cheat meal. Not even cheat meal. Cheat day. Oh, I've got, oh, well, here, Saturday doesn't count. Saturday doesn't count because it's my cheat day. What? Well, and here, what? And here's the thing. Here's the, it's, it's nuts though. Here's the thing though. People, people say, Jared, I've dieted for eight months and I can't lose weight. I've been in a deficit for eight months and I can't lose weight. And I go, including weekends. And they go, uh, and it's because they haven't actually dieted for eight months. They've dieted for five days and fallen off for two or three days for the last eight months. There's a big mm-hmm. difference. Um, or there's a lot of accuracy issues. I had a, one of my girls who just signed on and got enrolled in my coaching program the other day. She said, uh, she said prior to us working together, she was eating 1200 calories. And then as she, she shot me a message. Mm-hmm. She's like, actually, I think there's some stuff I wasn't counting in that. So my calories are probably closer to 1500. That makes a big fucking difference. Imagine, imagine dude, if you're, if you're doing your budget for the month and you're two to $500 off every, every, every month, like that adds up at the end of the year. You know what I mean? It's the same thing with this. A lot of people think they're doing the right stuff, but if you check how long they've actually been doing the right stuff, how many months, usually, usually that kills it right there. When someone's like, Jared, I'm doing everything right. And I can't lose weight. I say, how many months has it been since you, as you, where you've been 80 to 90% consistent without falling off on the weekends. Um, and without, oops, I'll start over Monday. How many months has it been? And they go, they look at me with these big ass eyes and they're like, and I'm like, there, that's the problem because you haven't been. But what happens is people don't see results in two weeks or they, after two weeks, they fall off and they go, yeah, my friend Karen thrived. It must be my metabolism. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. fuck you. No, you're not, you're not doing your part. Most people mm-hmm. aren't doing their part. That's it. Absolutely. And again, it comes to down to it. So just to just summarize what me and Jerry are talking about, because some people on here may have absolutely no idea what we're talking about when it comes to being in the calorie deficit. Sure. Right. So let's just, let me just simplify this so we can be on the same wavelength here, people. So Let's say you need 5,000 calories. I had to make that. I just had to take some notes because my math is so shocking. So 5,000 calories. So I can eat 5,000 calories and that is my maintenance calories. Okay. So my maintenance calories is 5,000 calories. And what me and Jared are saying is what most people do is they'll say, right, I'm eating in a deficit. Like I'm losing fat. I've worked oil out. I'm in a calorie deficit and I'll go down to 3,000 calories. So they're in a very, very good deficit. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, they're in a very good deficit. Again, that's too much of a deficit, but they're in a deficit because again, they're going to the extremes, right. extremes. So it comes to the weekends, they're going to be hungry because first of all, they've dropped the calories by 2000. So they're going to be hungry. Then the weekend, they may be consuming 8,000 calories on a Saturday night and then they're hungover to shit. And then on Sunday, they'll binge again. Those two days of yep. eating as 8,000 calories bring your average for the week at best, at best, back up to your baseline of 5,000 and at worst you overshoot it, you're in a calorie surplus yeah. and you'll gain body fat. That's just to summarize what me and Jared are saying. So what yeah. me and Jared are saying here is that you have to stay in that deficit consistently. Mm-hmm. It, and again, I always say to people, pick and choose your battles. What me and Jared are saying here is that you don't have to live like a monk. Okay. But it's right. always someone's brother's, sister's, dog's, second brother's goldfish's birthday. There's always an excuse to drink and eat shit. 
But you have to pick and choose your battles. Your birthday, go to fucking town. Go into a cake coma. I'll say to a class, I don't care. Your birthday, wedding anniversaries, kids' birthdays, do what you need to do. That's fine. That's that's guilt-free. But just doing it because it's a Friday night, That is that. this is where people go wrong time and time again. And they're beating their head against the wall thinking, I'm in a calorie deficit, I'm in a calorie deficit. No, the weekend still counts. Yeah. So I went a massive Every single time. Absolutely no, no, I love event. it. Well, it, think in, in another analogy that I like to use because a lot of people get uh, the cat like uh, calories confused and they, they they try to overcomplicate this whole deficit thing. I compare it to money because money is important to everybody. Imagine, and I say when people go, Jerry, what's a calorie deficit? I don't, can you explain it simple in, in in simpler terms? I go, you need in order to save money, you need a money deficit. If you mm-hmm. if you make if you earn two thousand dollars a month, for you to save money, you have to spend less than $2,000 a month. If, you know, if you, if, if your dad says, here's two grand for you to save money, you have to spend 1800, right? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing in where people let the weekends mess it up. I said, I, I compare it like this. Imagine if you save $50 a day, every single day, like at Monday, you take $50 and save it in the piggy bank. Tuesday, $50 save in the piggy, piggy bank. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, $50 save in the piggy bank. But Saturday, Sunday, you just take the credit card and go on a shopping spree. You just undid mm-hmm. way more mm-hmm. than what you you saved. You may have saved a few hundred dollars, but if you go spend seventeen thousand dollars at the mall, mm-hmm. like it really, what you did during the week isn't going to help you because your weekends are constantly fucking it up. And that's that's that that's that's one of my other analogies I like to use for um, for comparing like calories and how the weekends can literally be detrimental. So absolutely. So what is your? So again, I think you, we sort of touched on it, uh, and I've heard you speak about it before. Because my thing is, I think you've got the same opinion as me. It's about getting the most out of your calorie deficit so you want to be in the highest calorie deficit possible to get the results like you want to be eating as much food as you possibly can yes. whilst being in a calorie deficit yeah yeah people come from when, when well? we, yes yes uh, people ask the wrong question and come from the wrong intention people ask all the time jared what's the least amount of calories i can eat and lo- in, to lose weight i'm like no 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 that's like going to your boss and saying hey what's the least amount of work i can do and still get paid, <laughs> still get paid like, yeah yeah, but that's but that's a terrible mentality. The goal should be how much can I get away with eating and still lose weight? Mm-hmm. That should be how you should ask us. That's because the goal is to eat as much as possible while losing. I think a yeah. lot of people have a misconception that that bigger calorie deficit equals more fat loss. But again, it goes back to that gestation period. You cannot just take away more calories and and see more results. That's not how it works. It's the same reason why if you were to go on vacation today and eat like an asshole for the next seven days, you will look the exact same when you come back. It's the, also the exact reason why you could starve yourself for the next seven days. And in eight days, you will look the exact same as you do right now. And you just did a huge calorie deficit. Not that that's advised, but do, but what my point is that you cannot run, you can only burn so much fat in a given period of time. Mm-hmm. You cannot just say, take more is not always better. More calories taken away, more days trained per week, more cardio, more intensity, more shit, it doesn't equate to more results. It's the, another. Uh, mm. uh, here's an example. Uh, this is this, this example came, or analogy came from Andy Frisella himself. Mm-hmm. Imagine that you have a birthday cake, and the instructions say bake at 400 degrees for 40 minutes. Can you go to 800 degrees for 20? On paper, it makes sense, but you and mm-hmm. I both know you're going to burn the fuck out of that thing and have yeah. the inside not cook because you can't mitigate time. You cannot mitigate time. It goes back to that gestation period of, of with pregnancy. You cannot make nine month pregnancy happen in three months. You cannot take and 
say, oh, I lost, I cut out 200 calories a day and I lost 20 pounds. So I'm going to cut out a thousand calories a day. No, you're going to burn the same amount of fat. You're just going to burn through a bunch of muscle tissue. You're going to fuck up your metabolism and you're going to go into such a deficit where you feel deprived and that affects adherence and you're going to binge later and go back to the way you started. So you trying to cut corners is going to make you gain weight in the long run. Absolutely. And again, I just wanted to touch on the point where you go on holiday because people would listen to that and then be like, no, Jared, like when I go on holiday and I eat shit for the week, I definitely come back and I'm gaining fat. Or people say, no, 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 when I don't eat for a week, I definitely notice a difference. Now, what you're noticing there is body manipulation. So you've not gained fat if you've gone on holiday and eating shit. What you've done is you've just changed the, 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 the potentially the complete, uh, especially if you've gone on an all inclusive holiday, you're eating shit. So all you're going to be doing, you're going to be holding more water, you're going to feel bloated as fuck, but you've not gained fat. So what's going to happen is in, in yeah. seven days, you're going to go back to normal because it's, it's not realistic. And the same with not, not uh, starving yourself. All you can be dropping is water. Mm-hmm. Like you, you haven't yeah. dropped any fat. Like it does, well, as, as Jerry said, there's a time scale. Yeah. Well, and this is why I said you won't, you'll look the exact same yes. because you're, yes. because your feelings are biased. We're all our feelings about our own results are biased. So if, if you say, Oh no, I went and had family vacation and I f- came back and I felt like I gained a thousand pounds. Well, of course you felt like you gained a thousand pounds. Your be- your feelings about fat loss are tainted. They're fucked up. They're not accurate. But if you took a picture, uh, Monday and, uh, where you went on vacation and a week later you came back in Monday and compared pictures, they would look the exact same. You might feel like you weigh a thousand pounds, but again, feelings are biased. Um, feel, we don't have to believe everything we feel like I'm sure a lot of people drive are listening here have had road rage moments where they're driving and someone cuts them off and they're like, I just beat the fuck out of that guy. Where like, you <laughs> might feel like that. I will go to jail. Right. I, don't don't care. Care. Just, I don't yeah, care. Just because we felt that way doesn't mean we act on it. There are days if yeah. for those people who, who are listening, who have kids, there are days you woke up and didn't feel like being a parent. You just want to stay in bed and not have responsibilities. There are days we feel like not going to work. But we don't let our feelings affect our actions because we know feelings are biased and not true. But when it comes to fitness and fat loss, we treat every feeling like it's told straight to us from the good Lord himself, where that's not the case. Feelings are biased and tainted. Mm, absolutely. That's, that's very, very powerful. That's very, <laughs> and I just want to make sure, because yeah, I, I picked up on what you were saying. I just want to make it very clear that people, because people would have, sure. again, chosen to not listen to what you were saying and just be like, no, no, Jared, like, no, 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 I can eat what I want. I definitely know, no, I know it's a difference. No, you don't. It's not that at all. Take pictures. Uh, I just, uh, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Put data behind because it. again, I'll tell you what, t- talking about um, going on holiday, when I lived in America, fuck me, your guys Thanksgiving. Oh, oh my Lord. We, we, we need to get that. I know, I know right. it's an American holiday. We need to get that in this country because I, my Lord, like I've, uh, I used to go to Chicago for, for my Thanksgiving and the amazing uh, family I stayed with, the farmers, I don't know if they're listening to this, but they're, they're absolutely incredible. Wow. Like, so the thing with the Americans, like you, you've got the holidays, you've got the summer holiday, and you've got Thanksgiving, and you've got Christmas. And it's just like, it's, it's a constant sort of thing. Luckily, we don't year. have that in this country. But exa- and then the new year, exactly. Yeah. Um, so you touched on it a little bit earlier on. I just wanted to like, pull us back a bit. When people yeah. come to you, and you're talking about the, um, the habits and all that sort of stuff, you touched a little bit on mindset. So let's say I'm coming to you, and I'm 50 pounds overweight, what sort of mindset stuff do you do from the get-go with your clients and how do you set your clients up? Like what, what sort of stuff? I know we, and it's all, I know it's all completely individual. I know it's all completely individual. So I'm not expecting to give me the exact formula, but I will I'll do X, Y, Z. But typically when people come in, what sort of stuff do you sort of look at? Like just so people listening can be like, I don't know. Like what you guys are saying is amazing. Like, I understand I've got this code deficit, but like how on earth do I do it? And again, you guys keep talking about mindset stuff and adherence and sticking to it. Like what do you put in place with your clients to set them up on the right path? 
So the thing is, um, I love that you touch on mindset because the thing is, everything stems from the mind. If you want to back backtrack, if you have, let's say, behavior, behavior as a whole, whatever, good, bad, ugly, whatever, what comes before behavior um, is uh, is is patterns, right? Is is these subconscious things. Most of the behaviors we have every day are subconscious, like the ability, like when I talk with my hands, I don't think about it, I just do it. But what becomes before actions is thoughts. What comes before thoughts? is belief systems. What becomes, and what's tied into all that is subconscious uh, programs. Because here's the thing. uh, I like to compare it to a a dog fresh from the pound. You go to the pound, Mm -hmm. get a rescue dog. That dog has never been made to sit in his life. So what happens when you say, Hey, sit, he goes, fuck you. (laughs) Like, it's like, it's not going to do anything, but you're like, no, you've got to sit. And then you teach the dog to sit. Then the dog finally sits, but then a car drives by and he goes, he gets up. Why? It's because his program. He's never had to rein in his program. From a mindset side, here's the thing: a lot of people, mindset mindset is a very broad uh, a broad topic. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing: it's not, and by mindset, it's not hypey motivation. You should not require woo woo rah rah to execute. You have to know from the get go. This is what this, uh, even though this is a very broad topic and it's totally individual. Mm-hmm. When it comes no, to the, when it when it comes to the people around mindset, because a lot of people, I didn't intend to be like the mindset guy anymore. That's all outside of calorie deficit. Literally, it's all I talk about um, because physio. Because here's the thing: action. Because again, I said uh, like I mentioned that most of your actions every day are subconscious. Well, if you don't fix the subconscious part of your mind and most of your day is autopilot, you're going to, it's, it's going to fuck it up. Imagine if, imagine if your car is on, uh, if your car is on cruise control and then like you slow down, but then you take your foot off the gas and it speeds right back up because it's set to do that. It's, it's that same kind of thing is you got to make your setting here, right? Because then actions become really easy because again, most of your life is on autopilot. It's like, uh, Ed Milet uses this, uh, analogy a lot is uh, our own internal programs that are completely subconscious that no one knows are running is like a thermostat on a wall. If your thermostat mm. over here in the States, uh, in my house is set at 70 degrees Fahrenheit, pretty chill, chill temperature. Let's say I leave the door open in the, in the summertime. My room heats up. Literally, I, my thermostat is set on 70 degrees. Well, my room heated up because I left the doors and windows open. And then all of a sudden my thermostat goes, uh-uh, we're not set here. And it kicks it back down to where it's set at. You have that here. This is mm-hmm. why a lot of people, one of the first things to do with every one of my clients is I figure out where their thermostat's set, what their programs are. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing. If the last six times you've dieted and it hasn't worked, there's a pattern. It, it's not magical. You fall off in the second week because you lose motivation. Or it's not um, by chance that something happens every time you make some progress and you fall off. You're like, my car broke down. Or, well, I forgot my lunch, so I had to go hit McDonald's and it threw me off of everything. Well, I woke up late for work and I didn't make my bed, which means I didn't drink my water, which means I didn't grab my lunch, which means I didn't grab my workout clothes, which means I didn't work out that day. And that was the moment it all fell off for me. Those are not random events. Those are your program. Those are your deep, deep, deep subconscious programs that have been running wild for years. And if you don't address it at the program, it's going to continue to run wild. People, mm-hmm. if people get, bring someone like you or myself on board and they think all their problems go away. Like, no, your, your, your old bad habits are going to come back harder than ever, but guess what? Now we're going to be ready for them. Here's another uh, uh, analogy that I, it's one of my favorites around this basis of subconscious programs. Once here's the thing, if you don't know your pro your your terrible program exists, you can't fix the problem. But now, because of this podcast, you know that you have subconscious programs that are just running wild. 
and you have to stop it at the program. But here's the issue. That program is going to run wild, just like a dog that's never been taught to sit. It's going to naturally not sit and it's going to get up and walk away. But here's the thing. Imagine if a weatherman said, hey, we're getting the, the, the worst storm of, of, the his, of history is coming in one week. The weatherman told you, hey, in seven days, the worst storm on the planet is going to hit your, hit your house. Chances are you're going to get ready because you know it's coming and you can't stop it. And you, but, but, again, but we, you can handle it better. We can go through suffering if we know suffering's coming. It's, it's on a very demented level. Um, why if someone dies unexpectedly, it sucks really bad. But it's way more tolerable if you know the loved one is going to pass soon. You can just process it better and handle the suffering mm-hmm. because you can expect it. If you if you know, if the weatherman says, hey, the storm's coming in a week, you can get ready so you're prepared when the storm hits because you know it's coming. The same thing with this. If you know every time you diet and once you start to see progress, something happens. There's your storm that the weatherman said is seven days away. Mm-hmm. So what happens is you're like, hey, I'm down 10 pounds. I'm seeing results. I know within the next couple of days, within the next week, something is going to try to rock me and throw me off. And now you can prepare for it. It's almost like if you know somebody's going to break into your house because every third of the month they break into your house, you're like, I'm ready for it. I I can handle it. And then Mm -hmm. what happens is once that program tries to hit and you don't give in, and and here's the thing, programs are mean sons of bitches. Every fiber in your being is going to want to peel away, is going to want to quit, is going to want to fall off. And it's going to be like going against your own, uh, own instincts. But because you're a conscious being that's aware of your subconscious thoughts, you're going to say, no, I knew this was coming. I'm not going to cave in. And then when the storm will pass and you didn't cave in, now you're rewriting the program in your in your mind and not just being a victim of it. And this is the thing. This is where I, I love having these awkward conversations with clients. Because yeah. what happened is clients will fall off the bandwagon. And they will bury their head in the sand. Oh, don't worry. Listen, I've had a bad day. I I fucked up. It won't happen again. It will happen again. It will happen again because you've not allowed yourself to look back and actually look right. What the fuck happened? Because you need to go back and reassess what's going on. And this is where people fall off time and time again. And I cannot believe how deep you are into this mindset stuff because I had absolutely no idea. This is literally what I was talking about. This whole podcast was set up to help people mentally and physically become the best versions of themselves because mm-hmm. everyone knows about the about the food side of things but as i said with my analogy with the bridge if your mind is not right yep. your bridge will collapse time and time yep. and time again and i do not give a fucking shit who you are and who tells you otherwise <laughs> i could spend all the money in the world giving you the best nutrition plan and the best training plan ever that's scientifically proven by all the experts if your mind yep. is not right and you have that self-sabotage thing set up you will fall down time and time again and my analogy i don't know if it's, re- it's not really re- re- relevant in america but in this country we've got castles the big english castles yeah. what i say to people is you're going to get attacked so back in the day a castle would get attacked and the walls would fall down but then what you do is you use the times when you're not being attacked to build your uh, you build your walls up higher and stronger and bigger yeah. so next time when the army attacks you're good you can just bat it off it's no big deal yeah. but then they're going to come back stronger because again, it's a program, it's hardwired, it's going to come back stronger and stronger. And you've got to always be on guard of that mm-hmm. castle to protect your castle and your castle is your mind. Your yeah. mindset is your biggest asset, not just when it comes to fat loss, but in life, business, relationships, whatever yeah. it is, finances, your mindset is the key thing. And I had no idea you were so, like, obviously yeah, you're into dude. that, but like on that level, like you've just blown me away. <laughs> well, and, and here's the thing, going back to your castle analogy, here's the thing, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, if if it's that time, you'd be an idiot to think you're not going to get attacked. 
which means Absolutely. you have to anticipate it because again, if you can expect mm. suffering, you can go through it a lot easier. It's a very, uh, it's yes. a very terrible. It's one of my favorite analogies. I actually had this happen, unfortunately, um, with this whole, when you can expect something, you can handle it better than when you can't. Um, uh, earlier this year, my grandfather, my grandpa was in very ill health. We knew he wasn't going to make it. Unfortunately, we knew within the next month or two, grandpa was probably going to pass. So we all, uh, the whole family, everybody, like, you know, we made sure to spend a little extra time with him. And we, uh, and we, we, we made, we, we made, we, you, you when you know, a family member is going to die, you kind of make, you, you can expect it. You kind of make it okay in your head. Well, right before grandpa died, my grandma died out of nowhere. Fuck. Yeah, everyone's like knowing grandpa's going to pass pass out of nowhere my grandma died. Out of nowhere, no one saw it coming. And that one was a little bit harder, but the only difference was we were expecting it with grandpa, so we like we we were okay, uh, not okay with it, but you were as okay as you can be to handle yeah, it. Yeah. No one expected my grandma to pass. And that's the exact same thing with expectations. It's morbid of an example as that is. Um, it pulls on heartstrings, which is why I wanted to, I you like to use it because I, it's so important is because you're again, going back to mindset, your expectations of what, to, what's good, you're going to expect and how this game is going to be when it comes to fitness and fat loss and potentially changing your entire life is of the most utmost importance. Because again, you can't, if you expect to in this game to go, things are perfect and beautiful and linear and simple and easy. You're in for a rude awakening when your expectations get broken. Mm -hmm. But if from the get go, you can expect, and you know, progress isn't always linear. Um, you're going to get attacked with old paradigms. Your old ways of th that you've done it is going to happen. Knowing the fact that you're going to fuck up and it's okay. And knowing that you just have to keep trudging forward, no matter what, can, when you can expect that, you can handle it a lot better. There's uh, one of my other favorite analogies. I don't know if you've seen this movie. Have you seen uh, Spider-Man three with Tobey Maguire? Yes. Yes. Okay. Have, yeah. with, with, with Venom. It's the Spider-Man with Venom. Yes. I like yeah, to, yeah, yeah. I like to compare our old paradigms, our old habits that are going to attack us like the bell tower scene for, if you remember in those that are listening, remember in the bell tower scene, Spider-Man, after he took on uh, the black suit of, uh, of Venom, which, uh, which made him into a bad person. He, uh, He's like, he had that moment of reckoning. He's like, oh shit, this is bad. Like, I've got to change my shit. And he started tearing the suit off of him and the suit started fighting back. And then there's even a moment where he started to get some hedgeway getting that suit off. This is you changing your old paradigms. And that suit just made a face and screamed at him and attacked him even harder. Because here's the thing for those that are listening, when it comes to this stuff, these old pr programs and paradigms that are going to try to come back in when you like, I fall off every time. This is what's happening. Your old paradigms to fall off are going to attack you. And you have to know that you have to keep fighting those off. Just like in that movie, Spider-Man was literally peeling the venom suit off of him and the suit was fighting back. But eventually the suit relented and went, okay, I'm going to go to somebody else. And that's what happens with all of us. The only reason our, our old habits come back in is because we're making fucking progress. So don't yep. take going through hard times and wanting to fall off as a sign. You're not doing it. You're, you're not doing well. Take it as a sign. You're making progress because now the Absolutely. old habits have to fight back, which almost, yes. this is where you use kind of that dark side, get a chip on your shoulder and be like, you know what? Let's fucking go bet. Like I'm going to fight mm -hmm. back because if you weren't making progress, the old you wouldn't have to fight back. This is why you have to fight back the old you, the old urges, the old, this is not me anymore. Change the story you've been telling yourself. This is why so many people struggle is because we go, uh, we keep listening to the same old story. We have said to ourselves a million times, I'm fat, I hate myself, I'm not worthy. 
all these terrible things. Well, if that's the story you've said to yourself, then you get progress that goes against that story. It goes against like from a safety side, your brain goes, Oh, this is goes against the story we've told ourselves. Then you fall off, change the story, be aware of the subconscious old habits that try to come back in and then just don't let them be prepared for them and don't let them come back in. And it's, and that's literally it. And then just be be prepared, be prepared to fight. Cause that's the thing. And I talk about, Oh, Honestly, I can't believe how you just described that as well. <laughs> when you talk about that, that story, you tell yourself, that internal dialogue, that voice inside your head, whatever you want to call it, it's there. Every single person has it. Yeah. Every single person on this planet yeah. has that internal dialogue. The people that succeed are the ones that do the work when that voice is literally trying to tear them down, tear them down. Tear, they've got the ability to be like, shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. I've got this. And they've got to keep going forward again. Again, I think it's um, Andy Frisella um, that got, got his quote from. So the people that succeed are the ones that show up when it's the hardest. Yep. Like when, when shit hits the fan, the people that succeed are the ones that show up time and time again and keep yeah. working, keep grinding, keep hustling when they don't want to. Because there's always going to be days when you don't want to. But that's yeah. when you owe it to yourself. You owe it to yourself, the person that you want to be. The old identity of, I am fat, I can't do this. No, no, no. You've got to change that to, I can do this. I am worthy. And then you've got to yeah. improve it to yourself. Like that whole self-love thing. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's not even I'm worthy of this. It is I am this. Because here's what people forget. Yeah. We, don't, we don't get what we want. We get what we are. Like yes. let that, those listening, let that sink in. You don't get in life what you want. You get what you believe you are. Again, that story you've been telling yourself. So if you don't think you are worthy of results, guess what's not going to stay around? But if you change the internal dialogue in your head and start to actually believe you are worthy and believe you do have what it takes and believe you are capable of more success and more, and you are not living up to your potential and you have to now live up to your potential. Now your actions start to change. Cause here's the thing. If you're in this place where you're like, I just don't feel worthy. I don't feel like I deserve results. Well, here's the thing. You might not right now. You may not have done the action to deserve anything yet, but guess what? You start acting, you start becoming deserving. You start keeping promises you made, you made to yourself when you don't feel like keeping them anymore. You start to be feel deserving. You start to know you're doing stuff that no one else does. You know that you, even though you don't want to get up and go do what you said you do, you did it anyway. And you start to, from a subconscious level, start to believe you're worthy of more and you are capable. Think of it this way. If your best friend all of a sudden quit becoming reliable, if your best friend said, hey, I'll be at your house tomorrow to help you move and then they don't show up. Or if your best friend says, hey, I'm going to go pick your kids up and they don't. Or if your best friend says, hey, I'm going to go help you with this and they don't. You're going to just quit relying on them and you're going to mentally check out and be like, you know what? I'm just going to quit asking them for help. You do that to yourself. When you quit doing what you said you would do, uh, when you don't feel like it, you literally have those things, same things happen to yourself. And then you quit making promises. You're like, why try to diet again when I know I'm going to fail? Why try to get up and do cardio? Because I know I'm not, I'm just going to break my promise to myself. It's because you've done it so many times that it's, everything's torn down to its lowest level. But how you build that back up is the same way you tore it down. You have to start keeping the promises you made to yourself over and over and over and over, which is why the little things matter. Why making your bed matters, matters. Why saying I'm going to start tracking my calories matters. Why saying I'm going to drink a glass of water first thing in the morning and do it no matter what matters because you start, uh, we have that internal bullshit detector because when you say, Oh, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. It's because like, look at your actions. Have you done what you said you, you, uh, said you would do when you don't want to do it? And that's where the magic's made. You've got to start small. And I love that. That's why I say to people yeah. like gratitude journaling. And you mentioned with your client earlier on, I just say to people, just, just start a gratitude journal. Because again, what does then retraining your brain, you're refocusing yeah. your brain to look back at good things you've done. And I love again what you've said. It's a case of, it is hard. Like you, your entire life, if you're 30 years old, you've probably had 30 years of lying to yourself. Yeah. 
So it is hard to rechange that, but you have to look at yourself and people don't want to have a look at themselves. Just have a look. How am I actually talking to myself? Do I have a mm-hmm. good relationship with myself? If the answer is no, then you've got to start small. This is what me and Jared said at the very, very start about winning the day. Win the mm. day. Make promises to yourself. Keep those promises. And it's like a snowball snowball effect. Like basic yeah. um, physics, things in motion tend to stay in motion. So get the ball yep. rolling and it starts to snowball, 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 snowball. And I think that is honestly, I, I couldn't have thought of a better message. Um, what, do you have any, just just quickly before we sort of wrap this up, because I'm very um, uh, conscious of like, your time and respectful of your time. Yeah. Yeah. Do you... Um, what sort of things do you, do, is there anything you particularly specifically give your clients to work on that at the start? So I think my original question for on that massive tangent, just so to make it clear for, for the, uh, the listeners, is there anything you do? Is, do you start off like with say like gratitude journals? Like how do you get people to get those small wins? Is there any specific things you do? So, yeah, that's a good question. So um, when someone comes from a place of breaking a lot of promises of themselves and is not confident and is not happy and has a very enormous history of uh, failing themselves. The number one priority is to get a bunch of small wins in a really, really, really small period of time. I mentioned that one of my my girls that just started uh, in my coaching program, she's there. She literally like, we started her program and she had a panic attack. And it was a very, ba- it, like literally we hadn't even gotten started. I said, hey, I want you to log your food. Don't hit a calorie lo- amount. Just log your food for the first week so I can see what your day-to-day looks like. And we're going to start with, you know, a three-day week program. Really simple. She had a panic attack because she's just like so overwhelmed with everything. So we took a step back. And my biggest thing with her, for example, is we need to get some wins under her belt because she's broken promises to herself so many times. And she's at that place where it's like, why even bother? What's the point of this? I'm not, I'm probably going to fuck it up again. She's in that place. So mm-hmm. um, her, literally her first week program is uh, I want her to, and, and to answer your question, it's it's setting a standard of some sort because that's the other thing in life we get. We don't get what we want. We get our standards. And we're raising her standard to keeping the promises she made to herself. So for her, for example, well, and here's the thing. I'll get to that here in a second. Um, It's not necessarily there's anything magical. It's a matter of just saying, I will do X, Y, and Z, and then executing on X, Y, and Z, regardless of emotion. Like it's your new non-negotiable. And if you've, but again, if you've come up from a place of struggling and breaking promises to yourself, it's super important that these are, uh, I would argue that these are easy to do and very quick, because again, we need some serious little wins ASAP. So for her, for example, her, uh, her win the day she'll do within the first 60 seconds of waking up is make her bed, drink a glass of water. And I want her to write out 10 things she's grateful for. Literally as soon as she wakes up within 60 to 60 to 80 to to 80 seconds, she literally kept three promises to herself. So by the end of this week, she's going to have 21 promises she made to herself that she kept and she'll already start to feel better. So for those listening, if you're in this place where you've not been good to yourself. You need to say, I don't care what it is. You need to pick two or three very, very, very small, quick, easy things that you say, I will do this every single day. It could be go for a walk every day. It could be um, stop. It could be before you go to bed, breathe deeply five times and to get your heart rate down. It could be, um, I'm going to read 10 pages in a personal development book. It could be, uh, I'm going to write out my 10 things I'm grateful for every morning, and every night. It could be, um, I'm going to do my dishes every single night before I go to bed, it's going to be, I'm going to tidy my desk before I leave it every single day. What it doesn't matter what it is. It's a matter of you saying, here is my line in the sand. Here's my boundary. Here's my standard. And I will not deviate from that standard because what's going to happen 
no matter how small it is, the old self is going to come back in and say, it's fine. It's not a big deal. Just start back tomorrow. But you're, but, but you can fight it with something smaller, easier than you can, you can do something larger. Wow. Honestly, like you are, this is everything that I wanted it to be. <laughs> Like you, honestly, like the, the 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 value that you've provided for my listeners has been absolutely incredible. And again, I think I speak for everyone. Like, I just thank you. Like that was how real you've been. <laughs> everything I wanted, and it's been absolutely incredible. Um, where can people find out more about you? Because you are very active on social media, and everyone should go and follow you. Because the shit you post, is, if you think you've got some amazing content out of this last hour and ten minutes, like. What you post on social media is hilarious, and Karen and all the voices you do is absolutely <laughs> brilliant. Like, uh, what is your social media handle for people who don't know? I appreciate that. So, um, if you like this kind of content, you would you'll I, I have my own podcast as well. If you anywhere search, oh, sorry, yeah, uh, I forgot about that. So, yeah, yeah, I meant to shout out for that. No, no, you're good. You're I'm good. So, I'm so glad you brought that up because I no, was no, going to send people that because it is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. No, you're good. Uh, I, I my podcast is called the Hamilton Trained Podcast. You can find it anywhere iTunes, Spotify, whatever. Just search it. Um, I hang out most days on Instagram at real Jared Hamilton. And then uh, I also have been hanging out on TikTok, uh, and it's just a lot of light, <laughs> funny bullshit. Uh, uh, and it's at real Jared Hamilton as well. Um, and, and what's funny is, uh, I never intended for the whole real thing to happen. Like, like everyone, like, like you mentioned, like, Oh, you're so real. You're so whatever. Um, I just hate fake and bullshit, but what's funny is that's my handle, like real Jared Hamilton. Uh, mm. because what's interesting is, uh, People will ask me, they're like, wow, man, I just love the realness. I'm like, bro, it's because someone else had Jared Hamilton. And I just said, well, I'm the real <laughs> one, not the fake one. Um, but, but no, that's, that's, that's easy spots to find me and my content and start hanging out with me is uh, on, on, on like Instagram. Uh, and it's at real Jared Hamilton. So. Yeah. And I said, I strongly recommend people go and uh, listen to your podcast because again, I've been listening to it uh, and it's absolutely awesome. So like I said, uh, I think I said this off air. I can't remember if I said it. I can't remember if I had it off air or on air, but like I said, I've been following Jared for a very, very long time. So like I said, Jared is absolutely awesome. And the content, again, he's just no bullshit, says it how it is. And again, he's just funny as fuck as well. So uh, Jared, honestly, thank you very much for that. Anyone that's, uh, again, following me, my personal account is Daniel underscore James underscore fitness. That's my Instagram. And again, don't forget to follow the Prime Life Project at the Prime Life Project official on Instagram. Uh, but Jared, thank you very much again for your time. It's been absolutely incredible. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for having me. Like it's been, it's, it's been a true pleasure. So no, honestly, thank you very much. Have a nice evening. Take care. You too, brother.